The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You're listening to the hottest, the hottest NBA podcast out. Yeah, I said what I said. She's heating up. It's the Heat Check. The Heat Check. Heat Check. With Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, I'm fired up about this John Morant footage. My guy had to go to court and it was an absolute hilarious clown show of an event. We got some controversy over the in-season tournament. God damn it, Ethan Strauss, and whether it was a flop or not. And we get into some news from around the league, and we got to talk about the Detroit Pistons again, unfortunately. Crazy season, folks. Let's get right into it, William. Drop that motherfucking beat. This should be Rihanna. I love NBA Twitter so much. I really, really do. The absurdity of it, the comedy, it even surprises me. One of the most grizzled NBA Twitter veterans. It tickles even the hardest cynics. This is no exception. And the thing that makes this whole thing worthy of being fired up over is we've got, with all the court cases in our legal system, specifically in Memphis, Tennessee, We now, apparently, have a case that is so urgently needed to be tried now, it jumps up to the top of the docket over killings, over thieves, over carjackings, double homicide? No. A stolen dog at gunpoint? Absolutely not. Is it a corrupt city hall case? No. It is the John Morant pickup game dispute. Yes, folks, John Morant is back in the news because yesterday our guy was in a real, authentic, true legal court, not Judge Judy, to defend himself against Joshua Holloway, the shakedown artist who he punched in the face when Holloway was 17 years old because Holloway Checked the ball too hard, too disrespectfully to jaw in a pickup game. This, folks, is a real story that I have to discuss. Strap in, because it's going to be a bumpy ride. So we have covered the jaw debacle at nauseum. Uh, you can check out prior episodes. Just search for it if you want the full update. In this case, this lawsuit stems from the fact that jaw and his friend punched this kid Holloway in the fucking face at his parents' house on July 26, 2022. This kid Holloway accused Jaw and his friend Devontae Pack of, quote, assault, reckless endangerment, abuse, 
or neglect and infliction of emotional distress. I think he's seeking over $10 million in damages. Sheesh. All of this stemming from a, quote, checked ball during a pickup game. Joss says Holloway checked the ball at him and hit him in the face and that he and Pack punched him back in self-defense. In fact, Jaw's lawyers are actually arguing that Jaw is immune from all liability due to the stand-your-ground laws in Tennessee. The stand-your-ground law allows people who threat or feel, feel threatened in their homes to act with force in certain situations. Let's be honest, the stand-your-ground laws allow you to shoot someone in cold blood in your own crib or near your crib because you feel scared. This is over. This whole thing is over an aggressively checked ball in a pickup game. You can't make it up. No, you cannot. Apparently, the day of the game, T. Morant, Jaws' dad, had been, I don't know, coercing, coaxing, urging Holloway, who had played a number of games with Jaw in the past with no issues, to just go at Jaw. Never gave Jaw the memo, I guess who is bickering back and forth according to T's testimony. Good old T, the instigator of the now pickup game lawsuit. Holloway checked the ball with a little too much vigor, too much disrespect, hit Jaw in the face, and then all hell broke loose. And what we got in court, folks, was an absolute clown show. I can't believe the videos. I cannot believe the photos that I saw. I was tickled. I was laughing my ass off when I saw this on Twitter yesterday. And what we got was Rebecca Adelman, the attorney for Holloway, and she is on her bullshit. First of all, the evidence that she decided to use was outrageous. <laughs> so she takes a still, right, of John Morant, who's like six feet nothing, dunking over Kevin Love, awesome dunk, nuts all in Kevin Love's face, and made the, made the argument that this photo shows the kind of strength and power and aggression that Jaw has. She says, look at that arm. That is the arm. That is the force, the kind of force that came at Mr. Holloway. Is this like a teen special on TBS? That arm, your honor, people of the court, fine people that broke Josh Holloway's bone and emotions. Ja then was forced to reenact how you check a ball properly in court to show that Holloway checked the ball improperly. The attorney, his attorney, literally made Ja Moran explain what a checked ball was and then make a pass to him. Can you bounce the ball too, as well as checking the ball in someone's chest? Jaws like, bounce pass, chest pass, any pass. You can do either way. The visuals from the trial, incredible. Jaw has to show Adelman how he punches Holloway with his stiff arm extended out in front of her face. At one point, Adelman asked about this necklace that Jaw gave to his friend that said M-B-N-O, which apparently stands for My Brother, No Others. And she says, those aren't real diamonds in that necklace, right? 
those are not real diamonds. And he's like, this is my summary. This is not an exact quote. Bitch, do you know I'm fucking John Moran? I got money. I got max, super max money. What you think I'm giving my friend cubit zirconiums? Are you fucking serious? Nobody really said, well, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. They were real diamonds. Yes. Yes, miss. I don't give fake diamonds to my friends. Uh, I don't know what even to say. Jaw's due to be back in seven days. I know that he will be in court less than a week from the time that he's supposed to be back, which is not great. We are all tired of the off-court drama. We want to see on-court drama, and I'm not talking about circuit courts, criminal courts, or any other courts except for basketball court. I think John Moran is ready for that as well. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Post-in-season tournament drama, uh, thanks to Ethan Strauss of the House of Strauss, Substack. I'm going to start with the fact that I like Ethan Strauss. You know, Ethan Strauss isn't afraid to say, we'll call him intentionally uh, controversial, uh, fiery, uh, we'll call it the counter-take. He's the king of the counter-take, right? And he's, as we would say, a curmudgeon. I like that about Ethan Strauss, not afraid to not, maybe to anti-suck the NBA's dick. He's the kind of guy who shits on your favorite thing because he is a hipster, right? Anything that's popular, Ethan Strauss hates. And I like, again, I like Ethan Strauss. But he is here to tell us now, Ethan Strauss, what we saw with our own eyes. I like the in-season tournament, thought it was successful, thought it was good. We are wrong, actually. The in-season tournament, according to Ethan Strauss, is a complete and utter failure. Close it up. Move on. Nothing to see here, folks. Got to say the words flop. Okay, Ethan. Okay. So this is his point. It's a simple, my my glass 
boxes. Uh, it's a simple in-season tournament uh, Excel spreadsheet. Get your goggles and your calculator out. Return on investment. Because the NBA apparently put too much time, too much money into the IST for what he calls pedestrian returns. His evidence? The semifinals in Vegas got 1.6 million viewers for Bucks Pacers and 2.2 million for Lakers Pelicans. He says those are numbers that, quote, look like the regular season, and then says that the first round of the playoffs got 4 million viewers. Sometimes you see shit and you think to yourself, this can't be a real take. This is not, maybe I'm wrong in how I'm reading this. I was speechless. I get it, Ethan. You're the squeaky wheel. That's what you want to do. You want to tell us why everything we like sucks. You're the voice of dissent. You're the one pointing out that we are not highbrow enough. We are not seeing the world the right way. And as someone who likes to point out that people aren't seeing the world the right way, I understand it. Some people just do it, though, because they want to do it. And that is Ethan Strauss. In some cases, they're right, but not in this one. You cannot judge a game in December against a playoff game, Ethan. Like, we, you know, I see what you're doing, you know? I see what you're doing, and I don't like it. That is disingenuous on every level. You cannot compare a regular season game in December to a playoff game. What you should do is compare a regular season game in December this year to a regular season game in December last year. We wanted to see what it was like to have some intensity. Back it up. Hold on. Really, the whole plan was, can we just get back to basketball? Can we just get back to these guys giving a shit on a random Tuesday? Apparently, yes. $500,000 is enough to get people to care about meaningless regular season games that, frankly, before this year, no one cared about. Everyone was load managing. We didn't know who we were going to see on a night-to-night basis. There was nothing to be excited about until post-All-Star break, till trade deadline. And now we're talking about it, Ethan. And guess what? It worked. On average, the in-season tournament games had a ratings boost of 30%. Apparently, according to Ethan, that's not enough. In its first year. Do I, mean, do I need to remind people that Amazon failed miserably for like 10 straight years at lost money. Social media impressions went through the roof for the in-season tournament. That This is the first season we're talking about here. And it was already popping. He doesn't know what's popping. Strauss wrote his screed before the ratings for the finals of the IST were released. Turns out that was a mistake because the in-season finals were 6 million viewers, in other words, the largest audience for a non-Christmas Day game in the last six years. Woo! Sheesh! The other thing that annoys me about this article was that his statement that Netflix pulled out of televising the IST because the ratings were tepid. That's just not even true. Come on, dude. Netflix was never going to televise the first season of the in-season tournament. And their interest in working with the NBA waned not because it's not a good idea, but because their first attempt at televising live sports, a.k.a. the Netflix Cup, 
flopped so bad that they had to go back to the drawing board. Friend of show, Sam Vecini, the voice of real reason, had this to say, the NBA is obviously hoping to package this as a value add to their impending rights negotiation that will likely involve both streamers and traditional cable networks. Yeah, this is just a cherry on top, not the actual pie. What are we talking about? This is first year was designed to be a loss leader for the NBA with the money that they put into marketing, colorful floors, jerseys, et cetera, et cetera. It takes time to build a brand, Ethan. And you know this, man. His final point was that the IST was about bringing in new viewers, which I think is entirely wrong. I think the premise of that is misguided. I think the IST was to bring back viewers that frankly no longer care about the NBA because why? Players don't care. There's nothing to be worried about in December. There's no meaning behind it. We don't know if they're going to compete, etc., etc., etc. And the casual fan interested in something other than the playoffs was that. We want old fans, old curmudgeons like Ethan. Apparently they're not going to watch, but I do think People who are in their 50s and 60s, they want to have something to circle their calendar about, and they did. And casual fans want to have something to circle for their calendar, and they had that as well. And the ratings indicate that in this manner, the in-season tournament was a success. Old media guys who think that they're the new wave, they love to talk viewership numbers. Save that for Barrett Sports Media. Strauss wrote, we're basing success on viewership because that was the whole point of the tournament. And that completely ignores the fact that the biggest NBA audience, people under 40, simply do not subscribe to cable, Ethan. And you know this, man. He knows all this. I don't have to explain it to him. The IST by any metric, including viewership, is a success, was a success, and will be even more a success despite what old men or middle-aged men like Ethan yelling at clouds would like to Let's move on to some news from around the league. I've been getting uh, cooked for my Zion takes for three years. I've been saying this. Uh, I've said that it was a crime that Zion could not come into camp into shape. I feel like maybe I've done this segment 10 times, 12 times, 15. I mean, if it's once, it's a thousand. I, I think he should be accountable for the fact that he is not taking his job very seriously, which clearly hampers his ability to do his job and play well for an entire season in every meaningful game. And I have been murdered for it from scrubs living two to a room in a broken down hobo flat to Richard Jefferson I was crucified for saying, Zion, this is your fault. That he needed to take an accountability for not being prepared to play. Thank God Stephen A. Smith is on the case as well. He goes ham on, on Zion on Sunday. We talked about this on the show for Monday, saying that he was fat. He saw his belly bounce. He went on, every, obviously, to say on Monday that every chef in New Orleans' favorite person is Zion because he w- is down to eat the entire table. And guess what? Just like clockwork, people come for Stephen A. Smith just like they came for me, including people in Zion's camp. Thankfully, they don't have my number. Guess what, though? We got Stephen A. Smith saying, you know what? I'm going to double, double down. And this is what he has to say as a rejoinder. 
Okay. Um, his his stepdad called me this morning, and we had a really really good conversation. Uh, so I'm going to reiterate what I said uh, over the weekend on my podcast, Stephen A. Smith Show, certainly on First Take. I said that Zion Williamson looked fat. I meant it. I'm not stuttering. Zion Williamson, if you're listening, you're welcome. Because you said, if somebody is saying it to you because they're rooting for you and they want it and it's coming from a good place because they want you to succeed, then thank you. It's exactly what I was doing. Your talent is great. It's not good. It's great. You are holding the championship aspirations of the New Orleans Pelicans in your hands. I'm not absolving them. They could do a better job with you. They could do a better job with a lot of things as an organization in New Orleans. But that does not absolve you from looking and being out of shape. When I talked about folks said you eat the table or chefs looking at you, I was not joking, nor was I making it up. What I was saying is that's what they're saying about you behind your back. That's how those folks whoever they may be, are speaking about you in the city of New Orleans from what we're hearing. You have to do something about that. Without you, New Orleans is lucky to make it to the first round of the playoffs. With you and in your A game, y'all challenge for the title. You're at the very least in the Western Conference Finals. That's the reality of the situation. Everything that Shannon Sharp just said about you, Zion, is, appears to be on point. Because we've seen no evidence to the contrary. Nobody is rooting against you. Nobody wants you to Yes! We all want you to succeed. If you succeed, it gives us even more to talk about. Facts, facts, facts. I don't feel like I'm taking crazy pills anymore. I don't feel like I'm the only one out on these streets being like, Zion is fat. Zion's not going to live up to his potential. If he doesn't slim down, people think it's embarrassing. Nobody wants a guy who does this. And that conditioning is largely built on the food that you eat. Like Stephen A. said, me too. I want to be wrong about Zion. I want Zion to succeed. I told you I was just watching Duke highlights of Zion being like, where is that guy? I want to see that guy. I forgot how svelte Zion was, how explosive he was, his defense, his range to block shots, he, his ability to handle the basketball and just yam on people. Oh, my God. Where is that Zion? No one wants to see him half-heartedly blowing wind, chasing down Torian Prince up the floor as he drains a three and then go to the bench sucking wind. Nobody wants that. We want to see him close out Torian Prince from three and send that shit into the fifth row. We want to see thunderous dunks followed by him sprinting up the floor. We want to see hezzies, in and outs, tween tweens, absolute highlight factory stuff we've seen glimpses in the nba but we have not seen game after game after game we want to see zion as the next powerful lebron james type because that was what he was billed for we're never going to get that until he gets his build in shape his weight under control Start counting points, my guy. Go under Weight Watchers. I don't know. You're a big boy. You're likely to have a tendency to gain weight, especially when you get injured and you eat your feelings. You need a nutritionist. You need a trainer. They do it. Everybody, you have enough money to do this. I've said this. I'm so exhausted. The Pelicans front office is throwing their hands in the air. They don't know what to do. 
not even a rider in Zion's contract about their weight and how much money he's going to get given his weight is going to get him to pay attention right now. Can we just shame him until he decides to straighten up? Christian Clark, I said, wrote this week, they've repeatedly stressed that his diet and conditioning needs to improve, and multiple team sources have told them he doesn't listen. I hate that the chatter bothers Zion and that it bothers his family, but when you repeatedly ignore people giving you good advice and they ask you, get your shit together, and you don't, you deserve to be roasted on the internet. You deserve to be roasted on first take. If we can't get you with the carrot, maybe we can. Well, we know we can't get you with the carrot. If we can't get you with the beignet, maybe we can get you with the fucking stick. All right, let's move on. Here we are for the fourth straight episode talking about the Detroit Pistons. I don't know why. These fuckers, they just refuse to win. And they refuse to take any accountability. They are staring down the barrel of the largest losing streak in NBA history, and yet they continue to do and say stupid shit. Case in point, my man, Monty Williams. Oh, my God. The highest paid coach in NBA history. This is just disgusting. He said this after the... I didn't even know this was real. I couldn't believe it was real. He said this after the Pistons threw up all over themselves for the 20th consecutive loss. Quote, I think we're starting to figure out that we can score if we space the floor properly. I'm learning how to use certain guys on the team. So as much as all of this losing hurts all of us, I still see a lot of growth. And I'm encouraged by some of the things I saw tonight. What the literal fuck are we talking about? I swear to God, I didn't even believe this was a real quote. I thought I had it out of context. Sam Vecini thought he had it out of context. You're just now figuring out that spacing on the floor matters? Really? I will let Sam Vecini sum this up as he quote tweeted Monty's presser with this. So I actually needed to watch this presser to confirm this, but yup. That's an actual in-context real quote from Monty Williams. It took him 20 losses in a row, but he's figured out that proper spacing helps you score. Oh, and by the way, front office dropped this nugget this week as well. Fred Katz at The Athletic wrote, The Detroit Pistons have expressed that it would take a large offer to acquire 20-point scorer Bojan Bogdanovich. Large offer? What do you think he's worth? They think this man is worth a game trade. You think you can get three first-round picks? You turned down two first-rounders that you got offered last year and somehow, someway did not take it? This is getting criminal. This is getting, I don't know who's more to blame. I know Monty doesn't have the pieces in place to make it work, but goddamn, he looks incompetent. And the front office, they don't know what moves to make either. No matter who you root for, no matter how badly this team plays, you can sleep, and, and your team plays, you can sleep soundly at night knowing at least you're not a Detroit Pistons fan. Pfft, shit, that is just disgusting. Let's move forward. We will end this episode with a little song and dance. This time by former Warriors GM Bob Myers, who the powers that be at ESPN and ABC have decided will be one of the voices of the NBA going forward. 
He gets a ton of credit for building and maintaining the Warriors dynasty, which won four championships in the past eight years. But he also did abandon his post this year. Let's face it, he wanted money, and Golden State's kind of a hot mess. And a lot of that hot mess comes from the fact that Bob Myers drafted very poorly, despite the fact that the Dubs had very high draft picks. Fortunately, 2020, prime example, he decided to take as raw, as cookie dough center, James Wiseman with the number two pick, passing up a slam dunk in LaMelo Ball, and as it turns out, the steal of the draft in Tyrese Halliburton. Myers was asked about passing up on Halley this weekend. Well, actually, they asked him multiple times. And the first time he said, Halliburton's workout was just a few miles from here. Steve Kerr, Joe Lacob, and he did what he does. He made a ton of shots, and we looked at each other and said he might be pretty good. Different kind of shot, kind of a set shot, but he made them all. And then later, Bob Myers said, I screwed up, okay? They pressed him on it some more. I screwed up. I screwed up. I wish I could take it back. I don't know what you want me to say. Stop putting the light in my eyes, guys. I know I fucked up, and I know. It's like, this is my summary, but he did say, I know I messed up. I know I messed up. And if he would have taken Halliburton, he probably is not working for ESPN right now. Nope, little song and dance, that's all. He just had a weird shot. I know I messed up. I know. Stop asking me. Quit asking. That's all the time that we have for the Eat Check. Come back tomorrow for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop unexpectedly, like snow, fresh snow on your grass. Do not forget to follow the Heat Check as we navigate this new NBA season. Download, subscribe, tell your friends. Even that dude at the organic pet store who tries to pitch you on putting goat milk and bone broth in your dog's raw canned food and you feed her kibble and he's trying to tell you why that's wrong. Tell him, hey, Trista has a dog. Her podcast is dope. Follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.